Let's pray together, then we'll dig into the scriptures. Lord, I pray that you'd come right now with your power and help me to be clear and to be uh, to have the right heart, the heart you want me to have. Fill me, Lord, with lo- even more love for you, love for this flock, love for your word. And I praise you for what you're going to do this morning. Looking forward to it very much. So come now. Speak to us through your scriptures and prepare us for praying for each other. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For the last, uh, gosh, months now, we've been going through the book of Hebrews. And it has been a rich time for me. I've been hearing good reports from you. And we're going to do Hebrews, you know, pick it up again next Sunday and keep going until we reach the end. But this morning, we're doing something different. And once or twice a year, here at Mercy Hill, we like to have what we call prayer ministry Sundays. And so what that means is that I'm going to just teach a little while here. We're going to just open up God's Word to kind of build a framework for what we're doing. And then um, we're going to stand up, put our chairs in circles. Uh, somebody's going to share a, a heart need or a need for healing, whatever, a heart need that they have. And the group is going to lay hands on them and pray. And we're going to ask God to come this morning through Jesus Christ and work in powerful, supernatural, real, meaningful ways in, in those who have needs here. So that's... That's where we're going. Now, if you are visiting for the first time this morning, do not panic. Okay, we know this is not what you were banking on. It's like we're not going to make you do anything. You don't need to share any need. You don't need to pray. You can just sit and be part of the circle and observe. And we think you will be greatly strengthened and encouraged by it. If you want to ask for prayer, you certainly can. But but you can just like just be completely anonymous and just watch, and it'll be totally fine. So here's here's why we do this. A couple reasons. One reason is that this powerfully reminds us that church is like a physical body. It's like Paul says, like your physical body, where every part has a crucial role in helping the other parts. And so, see, church is not all about a worship leader and the preacher. We think those are important. We do that here. But much more important than that, our job is to help you minister to each other. You have a vital role to play in the spiritual strength of the people around you. And prayer ministry powerfully reminds us of that, and it helps us to grow in that. So that's one of the reasons we do this. Big reminder. This is what this is a picture of church, these groups praying for each other. Second reason we love to do this is because there's, there's always lots of needs here on a Sunday morning. I, mean, I imagine every single person here, you have an area where you could really... You just, you'd love to receive a fresh touch from God. I, I bet every one of us has an area in our hearts where, oh, I would love a fresh touch from God. I, I need guidance for a decision. Deadlines come and don't know what to do. Oh, Lord, would you give me wisdom? He can do that this morning. Maybe you've been going through a trial, lengthy trial, difficult trial, heartbreaking trial, and it's just going on and on and on. I need, I need fresh encouragement. I need fresh strength. The Lord can give that to you this morning. Maybe you are battling an area of temptation, and you feel like you're running out of steam. Your feet are starting to slip. You're not quite as strong as you feel like you need to be. The Lord could strengthen you this morning. You may have a physical need. We'd love to pray for the sick here. We believe that God does supernaturally heal. He doesn't always supernaturally heal. He always does what is the most loving and the best for us, and often that's healing, which is why we pray for for healing. So there's there's lots of needs here. And because of Jesus Christ, we can come to God, know that we're forgiven, 
We're reconciled to him. He says, ask me for what you need, and I will move. I will work. And so that's why we want to do that this morning, so that you can be touched by the Lord this morning, be strengthened, be encouraged, whatever the Lord wants to do. So that's why we have prayer ministry Sundays. Now, last Monday, I think it was, as I was praying about this morning, and just asking God, move move upon us, meet people's needs, help us. I think this is from the Lord. I, I think the Lord stirred my heart that we, he, he wants us to talk about the spiritual gift of prophecy this morning and the role that that would play in prayer ministry. Whoa, okay. So let's do that. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. We want to bring one to you so you can look on with us. 1 Corinthians 14. And these Bibles we're passing out, it's on page 960. So I think this morning God wants us as a church to grow in our understanding of what prophecy is. He wants us to grow in our desire for the spiritual gift of prophecy and that we as a church would experience more of that spiritual gift. Okay? So that's why... I think the Lord wants us to do this this morning. So, 1 Corinthians 14, page 960 in the Bibles. Now, here's here's some context for the spiritual gift of prophecy. Becoming a Christian means that you own up to the fact that there's a God. He's created everything. He's why I'm here. And it means owning up to the fact that, that you've sinned against him. You've turned your back on him. I have, you have, we all have. And that means we face his judgment. Crucial truths to to understand. But the story doesn't end there. In great love, in great compassion, in great mercy, with great cost to himself, God the Father sent the Son of God, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven. He's made a way for us to be forgiven for all of our sins and for us to be reconciled to God. And that doesn't happen by us trying to be good enough to earn it. A lot of kind of worldly religion teaches that. That's not what Jesus taught. It's not what the Bible teaches. We are forgiven for our sins and reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. We put our trust in him. We're completely forgiven. We're reconciled to God. And he then gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell inside of us. And by the Holy Spirit... Our faith gets strengthened when we're weak. We have outpourings of God's love in our hearts, so we're filled and thrilled with who he is. He enables us to worship him, to love him. He gives us strength against temptation. He gives us wisdom in making decisions. The third person, God the Spirit, indwells us, ministering to us, blessing us, working in powerful ways. And he gives us spiritual gifts to help other people. And one of those spiritual gifts is prophecy. The spiritual gift of prophecy. And that's what Paul talks about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So, three questions I want to raise. I'm not going to take real long here, so we have lots of time to pray. But the first question is, what is prophecy? And we can see what it is by looking at verses 29 through 31. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 through 31. Some, some people who I, some of my good friends believe that prophecy is simply preaching, teaching, like what I'm doing right now. And I appreciate their perspective, and I love them, and they love Jesus, and they love the Bible. But, but the elders here, we have a different take on what prophecy is. And you can see why we do from, I hope you'll see it from these three verses. What is prophecy? Verse 29, Paul says, 
let two or three prophets speak and let others weigh what is said. So he's talking about prophets bringing the gift of prophecy. And now look what he says in verse 30. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. He doesn't use the word prophets there or prophecy, but he describes prophecy with different words. Prophecy happens when a revelation is made to someone. Okay, which means it's God brings something into your mind. You're, you're before him, you're waiting on him, and God brings a thought into your mind that would be helpful to share with someone else. It's not you thinking what would be helpful to share here. That's really important to do. God uses that powerfully. Don't stop doing that. But in addition to you thinking what would be helpful, there are times where God will just simply bring something into your mind that would be helpful for you to share with someone else. That's prophecy. And then verse 31, you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So verse 30 gives a definition of what prophecy is without using the word. It's when a revelation is made to someone. So last Sunday, there was a couple here. Um, the Minnixes, Sean Minix and his wife, Amy, and they were here, right over here sitting. And they remember they were here, gosh, a year ago for a couple of weeks, months, while they were in transition for another church in the area, and then they went back to Texas to pursue church planting. They've had a very hard year. And afterwards, uh, Michelle Ramazina and I were praying for them right up here. And as we were praying, I just felt like God brought into my mind two thoughts. One is, every trial that they've had has been purposed lovingly from God. And then the second thought was Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. And so I just spoke those to them, prayed over them that, spoke it to them, and they were powerfully encouraged by that. Again, biblical truth, but the Holy Spirit stirred me. This is what needs to be said right now, and it totally connected with where their hearts were, and they got built up and strengthened. It's not something I thought, what would be helpful to pray here? That's not a bad thing to do. But prophecies where the Holy Spirit will bring something, there will be a revelation that will come into your mind, and as you share it, it will be very powerful for them. Now, it's also crucial to point out, what do you do when someone believes they have a word of prophecy for you? What is your role there? And what we do is what's at the end of verse 29, let the others weigh, evaluate what is said. So the reason we do that is because people can be mistaken as to whether something is a prophecy from God or not. People can be mistaken. But the Bible is never mistaken. Okay, so we weigh prophecies to see do they fit what God's word says. If they don't, then they're not from God. But when they are, then we pray and say, Lord, is that true truth from your word? Is that something you're speaking to me right now? And that's how we weigh it. So that's, that's what prophecy is. Second question, why is prophecy important? Look at verse 1, right there, chapter 14. This is a powerful verse. If we get this into our, our minds, I really want us to feel the, the truth and, and the implications of this verse. Verse 1, Paul says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Notice those first two words. Pursue love. God has poured his love into our hearts, and he wants us to walk in love. So that wherever we go, there's just love being given to the people around us. We're, we're pursuing love. Oh, I want to help this person. Oh, how can I help this person? Oh, I want to benefit this person. Okay, we're, we're pursuing love. But part of pursuing love, do you see what it is? It's earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. 
if you really want to help the people around you, one of the things you're going to be desiring is, oh God, give me gifts by the Holy Spirit because that will be so helpful for them. Loving people, people who are loving, earnestly desire spiritual gifts because that will powerfully help the people around us. And then there's one gift that Paul says we should especially desire, and it's the gift of prophecy. Look at that verse again. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So we're loving people. We want to benefit them. Oh, Lord, give, give a spiritual gift, especially give me the gift of prophecy. That would be so helpful. That's, what, that's one of the things loving people, people who are loving, do. Now, how will prophecy help people? Look at verse 3. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So when you receive a a prophecy, a, a revelation from God to speak to someone else, that person will be built up. Okay, They were less built up before you spoke the word. You spoke it to them. God will use that to build them up. They'll be stronger in their faith. They'll be built up. They'll be encouraged. They were less encouraged before. You spoke the word of prophecy. Now they're more encouraged. And they will be consoled. Their heart wasn't feeling comforted. They were feeling in pain and sorrow. And they will be comforted. So upbuilding and encouragement and consolation will come as we speak prophecy to each other. Now there's other ways that God can build people up besides prophecy. Right? Other ways God can encourage people besides the gift of prophecy. Other ways you can console people besides the gift of prophecy. There's lots of other ways this can happen. But this is one way. And as we pursue love, which means part of that is we earnestly desire spiritual gifts because I want to benefit people. Paul says, especially desire that you can prophesy because that will encourage them. So see why that's so important? Now see, I would guess, depending on your background, this has not been part of your grid. Okay, but I, I hope you'll see today, this is right here in the scriptures. Okay, We want to pursue this. So what does Paul then call us to do regarding prophecy? You might think that because you've never experienced this gift, you might think, therefore, you never will. But that doesn't fit what Paul says in verse 1. Read that verse again. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. Now, this is not just a command that Paul gives to those who have experienced this gift before. This is a command Paul gives to everyone in the church. Everyone should be earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. Everyone should be especially desiring the gift of prophecy. Now, why would Paul tell you, who've never experienced this gift before, to earnestly desire the gift? Because God might give it to you today. Today might be your first time experiencing this gift. You're thinking, oh no, I'm definitely not going to desire it then if that might happen. You just got to trust the Lord, okay? Just trust Him and obey the Lord, earnestly desire spiritual gifts because today might be the first time when you experience this gift. Okay, so how's this going to work? In a moment, I'm going to have us all stand up. It's going to be a little bit confusing. I've got team leaders. Team leaders, you're going to stand up and raise your hands high. Don't do it right now, but you will. And then gather around those team leaders, and we're going to put chairs in circles. Everybody just sit, be there and then sit down and then briefly go around and introduce yourself, just giving your first names maybe, just so that we have a name. And then somebody will share that they have a heart need that they would love to have prayed for. 
a heart need, maybe a bodily need in terms of healing or a heart need. We'll focus on, on those because those are things that where God can come right now by his Holy Spirit and, and powerfully work right now. So one person will share a heart need or maybe a need for healing. And when you share, because we'd like to pray for other people, we want to hear from your heart exactly what's going on, really, but, but, but try to keep, keep it relatively brief. Okay, can we kind of balance both of those? We really want to hear, but we got to, you know, the, the Lord knows the details. He'll work it out, okay? So we want to hear from you, but it's, it needs to be brief so we have time to pray for, for others. We're not trying to pray for everybody in the circle. We'd like to pray, though, for a, a couple people this morning. So then what will happen is a chair will be put in the middle of a circle, and you'll sit in the circle if you've shared the need, and the rest of the group will, will scooch up their chairs and lay hands on you and start to pray for you. We want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come through Jesus Christ and to touch you in real powerful ways in your heart, maybe with healing right now. just want to pray and ask God to do that. So the group will start to pray. Now, as the group is praying, as you're praying, then earnestly desire prophecy. Say, Lord, ask him, Father, would you give me uh, a word of prophecy that I could share for this person? And, And as you're there praying or somebody else is praying, all of a sudden, a thought might come into your mind and, and, and share it. It may be a scripture that just, boom, there it is. I'm going to share that. You may not understand how it connects, but God understands. Maybe it'll be a vision that would be very meaningful to the person. Maybe it's going to be just information that'll, wow, the, that the person will say, wow, the Lord really, I mean, this is the Lord speaking because how'd you know that? It, it, it's all kinds of possibilities. We don't filter it out. We just want to make sure it's biblical. That's our only concern. And then you just speak that. And, and, and if God gives you a word of prophecy, okay, you don't need to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. Okay, that, we, don't, we don't want to... In fact, please don't do that, okay? Just not helpful. I find it much better to say something like, I think God maybe wants to say this. Okay, because that's how we operate. We think it might be, and then the Lord will need to confirm it to this person. Right? That's our job is to deliver the mail, and they do with the mail whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Okay, so that's, that's how it's got to work, so... No big, thus saith the Lord. And then if you're on the receiving end, if, if somebody shares a word that they think may be from the Lord for you, your job is not necessarily to immediately assume it's from God. Your job is to weigh it, right? That's what, what Paul tells us to do. So you want to weigh it biblically. You want to weigh it, and even if it is biblical, you want to weigh, is this something that, that the Lord's really stirring to me and saying to me? And you'll need to pray about it, and God will make that clear to you. But all this depends on us earnestly desiring prophecy and asking God to, to bring it. Okay, we've got time for maybe two questions. I know we've covered a lot of ground here, but I want to move into prayer. So any questions that just might, maybe I was not clear on something, or maybe I overstated something, but your question may be, oh, that's so helpful. I'm glad this person asked that because that was my question too. So what are some questions? Jason. Thanks a lot, Jason. <laughs> I think I might be able to let somebody else take the first step this morning in the earnestly desiring prophecy. Okay, good point. Old Testament prophets are different than what New Testament people functioning in the gift of prophecy are. Old Testament prophets were specially gifted by God to speak and write truth that's directly from God, like Isaiah, Jeremiah. Old Testament prophets are like New Testament what? Apostles. 
Okay, they're equivalent, same gifting. Speak and write truth directly from God. New Testament prophets are not, do not function at that level. Okay, New Testament prophets say things like, I think maybe God is saying this. Okay, would you pray about this? And there's no, no stones around, okay? It's all, because we're just moving in the Holy Spirit here and trusting the Lord. So, really good question, crucial question, big difference. Old Testament prophets equals New Testament apostles, okay? New Testament prophets are different in that way. Does that make sense? Okay. Other? One more? Kathy. I want you, uh, number two which is... Yes, thank you for asking that question. Um, there's another spiritual gift called the gift of tongues, where, and it's it, it, there's a lot more I could say about it, but briefly, it's where God enables you to speak in a language you've never learned, and you aren't sure what you're saying... Okay, but God knows what you're saying, and it's meaningful spiritually. Okay, so there's a, there's, a, and there's a lot more I could say about that. That's another gift that God works in. And when a word of tongues is shared publicly, God will also bring someone else the interpretation of it. So like if God brought me a word of tongues this morning, then God might give Phil Keegan the interpretation of it, so you'd all understand what it would it, Oh, okay, that's, and that'd be helpful for me too. Okay, that's what it means. I got it. All right. So that's verse 2. And so in 1 Corinthians 14, he's talking about both tongues and prophecy. The church at Corinth was putting way too much emphasis on tongues. And there was no interpretation going on, so nobody knew what was being said. And Paul says, no, no, there's got to be interpretation. Earnestly desire prophecy. That's even more important. Does that start to... Gets good questions. Does that, does that help? Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Okay. Last call. A real short one, Chuck. Steve, I just want to follow up on that. If somebody is in the Yes. Yeah. Any, anytime tongue, anytime tongues is heard, according to First Corinthians fourteen, this should be interpreted first of all. That's just what I think what Paul says clearly here. And if that's a gift that you've used to be be operating, and then pray for the interpretation because that'll be helpful for people, or pray for prophecy. Thanks. Okay, that's all. This is how the body of Christ functions, right? It's a perfect picture. This is church life. You have an essential role in ministering to other people. Okay, it's not just the upfront leaders. Our job is to encourage lots of ministry to be happening. So thank you for participating in this. Thank you for earnestly desiring spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Thank you for praying. Thank you for those of you who shared needs and took that risk. And I think it sounds like everybody was was met by the Lord, touched by the Lord in some, some way. So this is what we do in our home groups as well. So if you're not in a home group, think about becoming part of a home group because we do this often in our home groups as well. But let's all stand. I want to just pray over us and then we'll head into this week. So Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness to come when we pray. Thank you for Jesus Christ through whom we can come to you boldly and know that we're forgiven and we're reconciled to you and you love us and there's no condemnation. And Lord, I pray that what we've seen this morning, what we've tasted this morning, the the joy of knowing you and trusting you, Lord, that we could share you with people in our neighborhoods this week, in our workplaces, 
this week with family members or friends who don't know you. Lord, help us to be making disciples who make disciples for the glory of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.